0: Howdy from Houston! Houston. I'm Kate. And I'm Hannah. And today we are covering part two of our IIE episode, where Kate now gets to talk about her experience shadowing in cardiothoracic surgery. So Kate, take it away. So thank you for that lovely introduction, Hannah. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I preferenced cardiothoracic surgery. And A little bit of context for this. I never thought I would be interested in heart surgery. (laughs) Um, But after our cardiovascular blocks, we had just finished learning about the whole cardiovascular system before we took a break for summer. And I was just fascinated by the heart and blood vessels. And so I was like, okay, like maybe I could shadow cardiothoracic surgery this summer. And so I ended up, long story short, liking it a lot more than I thought I would. This surgeon, he does, a little different from Hannah, he does four days in the OR and one full day in the clinic. So his clinic days are on Tuesdays. Um, And then in the OR, there's such a huge team of people, which I think is so cool. People with all different backgrounds and with all different jobs are working together to help the patients. So just to get an idea of all the different kinds of people, you have the attending surgeon, so that's the big guy. You have fellows who are working toward being the big guy. <laughs> you have residents who are working toward being fellows. And then you have physician assistants. You have nurses. You have scrub techs. You have the anesthesiologist. And usually you'll have a perfusionist. And the perfusionist is the person who runs the machine that act as the patient's heart and lungs when the patient can't use their heart and lungs because the heart is being operated on. Mm-hmm. And... The lungs can't move while the heart is being operated on because it would move the heart and you can't have a moving heart while you're trying to sew things (laughs) into the blood vessels on the heart. That would be bad. Risky. Risky operation, to say the least. Very risky. Already, you know, somewhat risky. Um, Not too risky, though. The surgeons are very good at what they do. But they do need a still working space. True. So I thought it was very, very cool. One of the really cool things I found was that patients heal really well when you cut through the sternum. So when people, you hear about open-heart surgery, and they have that big cut right through the middle of your chest, the hard bone, people recover really well from that, and that heals like relatively quickly. Like People can be out of the ICU in a day, usually, one to two days. Yeah, one to two days, and then they go home within a week max from the date of the surgery whoa yeah that's really quick yeah it is really quick so very interesting there um something else I really loved about the surgeon and really everyone who works on a surgery team was that they're very direct there's no passive aggressiveness which is something I really don't like is when people are passive aggressive like if you're gonna if you need something from me just tell me. You can be aggressive, aggressive with me. I'll handle it. But the passive aggressive is like, just say what you're thinking. Just tell me. I can handle it. I just want to know what you're thinking. So I really liked that. And there was a little bit of that in the OR on my first day when the scrub nurse was like, get out of the way. You're bringing more bacteria. And why are you standing here? But then, you know, she's a nice lady. She warmed up. Mm -hmm. so it ended up being fine but i was like oh yeah i love that tell me what you want from me (laughs) (laughs) let's not yeah so anyway long story short i really liked that something else i really liked about this surgeon in particular was he communicated everything to the patient and the family in a way that was simple and a little bit of high level he started with like the high level like this is what's happening you're going to need an operation he um, answered questions. He also like addressed questions kind of like your surgeon did in anticipation of questions they might have now, in anticipation of questions they might not think of mm-hmm. for a couple of days. And he didn't go into the nitty gritty of all the like detailed science, which I thought personally was kind of good because. It can be really tough to digest that you have to go through an open heart surgery, which is the surgery that this kind of surgeon does. Right. It can be difficult to just like come to terms with that and then to also be like, okay, now, like, what exactly is happening with the science and the mitral valve and all these leaflets or blah, blah, blah. And he would explain some of the science because you want to know what's happening with your body, but he wouldn't like go into all the details and expect the patient to know that, which I thought it was good and all his patients really seemed to love him and all really trusted him and thought he did a great job so it seems to be working um and something he said along those lines to me when i was shadowing him is that being a doctor is really at the end of the day a profession about people the science you need as a background of course at the end of the day you're working with people and you want to make people feel comfortable trusting you with their lives right because like you were saying in the last episode it might be their only surgery or their first surgery but for you it's your 100th or 1000th or wherever you are in your career so you want to make every person feel cared for and like you've got them so i thought that was really cool too um how he acknowledged that even though he was a little bit more of an old-school surgeon. Um, regarding the needs finding, I did notice some needs, some processes could be streamlined like at the beginning and the end of every surgery. They count every single tool, gauze pad, towel they use because, especially when you're opening up the whole chest, it's it can be easier to leave something in the body. That doesn't happen, but especially with all these checks that doesn't happen. But you know you just want to make sure because that could be really bad and you have to go back in and take it out. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like that process could be streamlined. There are some small devices here and there. but like you said, there's so many people working on the heart right now, right. especially in like the engineering side, which again is really good. It's a really good, good thing. Yeah, it is saturated. In a good way. In a good way. And, you know, even though markets can be saturated, there's always room for growth. Mm -hmm. And you just got to find the outlet or the creative space that no one else has thought of because everyone is focusing on what everyone else is doing. (laughs) Right. So that's kind of what I believe about that saturated market. But something that we really talked about during the week I was shadowing him is the biggest, like, quote unquote, need is... A little bit more of like a cultural or structural change within mm. being a doctor. And we can all agree that our healthcare system needs a big operation. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, with people getting access to care, all the nitty gritty of that. And I think it could, since it is a systemic thing, it's at every level, obviously. So just a quick disclaimer people do follow the rules and care about patients do everything they can to keep patients safe because that's why any doctor goes into this profession we care about the patients we want to save people's lives we want to help improve people's lives period and at the same time we are human and so we sometimes don't always follow every single rule to a t like for example sometimes surgeons will need to just go check on one thing real quick in a part of the hospital where you shouldn't have your white coat on. That Someone higher up says, don't wear your white coat in this part of the hospital. But the surgeon's like, I will literally be here for three seconds. I just need to go put eyes on this one thing and then I'll be back. Or say this one thing to this one person to make sure they know and I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that that... A surgeon might not follow the rules if they're just going to do something real quick, and they know for a fact that it's not going to affect the patient outcome. The patient will still be okay at the end of the day. And so they definitely do follow like the really important rules, the rules that are like, okay, this is actually like going to affect the patient if I don't follow it. Like wearing a mask in the OR, you have to do that for right. example. But, it, seems like, it seems like the rules that maybe aren't followed are the ones that are made by people who are not taking care of patients. Exactly. I think it could be a little bit of exhaustion, but I think it's also... So the people making these rules are often not the exact surgeons who are going to be the ones following the rules. And especially based on listening to your experience with urology, it seems like every field does things a little bit differently, mostly because of the... The surgeries are different. A surgery on a prostate is going to be different than a surgery on a heart. Right. It's so, minimally invasive, whereas the heart is as invasive as you can get. Maximally invasive. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to run things a little differently. And so it seems like that's part of the problem um, with that. Another need that I talked about with the surgeon I shadowed was process improvement and he compared it to the airline industry. So with flying planes, you also have a bunch of lives at stake. Every time you go on a plane, you're in a tin can, not in a tin can, but (laughs) in a piece of metal and you're going up in the air and you're trusting someone to get you back down onto the earth safely, which the landing process for in flying planes is such a hard thing to do. There's reasons that pilots will train for years and years and years before they can be a commercial pilot. Mm -hmm. So within this business, if one thing, a new device, a new software will improve the process by one in 10,000, it's a no brainer, they're gonna implement it. But with healthcare, that isn't necessarily the case all the time. If it improves, if I come up with a device that improves patient satisfaction. So just how happy a patient is with an outcome or with a treatment by 1 in 10,000 odds are no one's going to buy that. No one's going to help me bring that to market, which which I think is kind of interesting because if you look at it like across a large scale, the healthcare industry helps like millions of people every day. So I one, just saw one in ten thousand on that scale seems like way more reasonable. Similar to flying airplanes, millions of people are being flown places every day, so it makes sense if there's a one in one, th- one in ten thousand improvement, you would do it. Exactly. Yeah, but we don't do that in healthcare, which I think partly could be because doctors typically have an intuition about things going well, things not going well when you've been doing thousands of surgeries or hundreds and hundreds of procedures, you kind of know, okay, well, this probably will work well, this probably won't work well, and you develop an intuition, which you can say what you want about that because sometimes our intuition is, can be flawed, but sometimes it's right. So, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an interesting fact that both industries have people's lives at stake, and they operate very differently. So from what I learned from this experience is that I really love surgery, which for better or for worse, I was kind of hoping to not love surgery, but that's okay. I love it. (laughs) Maybe I'll be a surgeon. Maybe that's the life for me. I really love the team aspect of everyone working together to help the patient. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. It's about the patient. It's not about your feelings about anything. It's It's not about the drama outside of the hospital. It's not about maybe that flight you missed, because that would be me, (laughs) missing a flight. Not about the flight you missed the other day, the other week. It's all about patient. And like I said before, I like how people are direct. You know what people are thinking. It's definitely a lot of work on the front end for training because to be an expert in anything, you have to put in a lot of work in the beginning. So when you talk about like a work-life balance, It's balanced in a sense that later in your life, you'll have more time with family and more vacations probably, but earlier in your life, again, just like anything you wanna be an expert in, you're gonna have to really invest a lot of your time and energy into. So that can make things a little tough if you want to dedicate a lot of time to your family when you're younger or pursue other things. So definitely a lot to think about, but overall, I loved this experience and I hope I get to shadow more surgeons and see a little more of that side of medicine and decide what I want to do. Because we say we kind of know what we want to do (laughs) in our favorite episodes, but really, I have no idea. Yeah, same. So we'll figure it out, though. We will. We will. (laughs) And this is like a, a fun, cool way to figure it out, too. Right. Yeah. So those were our IIEs. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. We Hearing love sharing. Things we're passionate about and yeah. excited about. It was just a really cool experience. Yeah. It was so cool. Um, we love sharing. And if you want to comment or ask us any questions, we would love to hear from you. So you can email us at howdyfromhoustonpodcast at gmail.com. The email is in the show notes. And you can just copy that. Paste it into your uh, two part of your email. So to howdy from Houston podcast at gmail.com. Subject line. Whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. You could say hello. You could okay. make it something creative. You could just leave it blank if you wanted suspense. to. Suspense. Yeah. A <laughs> little suspense. We would love to hear from you. Um, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya.